This is exactly right. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You definitely understand your parents a lot more when you have kids. And so that's been also the eye-opening thing. I get my dad more in a big, big way. It's the only the people you love that you can gut the hardest. You can say like the worst thing that hurts really well. And we're comedians. So we're like, okay, that one actually hurt. Well played. You really, really landed that one nicely. Excellent work. Welcome to Parent Footprint with Dr. Dan. I'm Dr. Dan. This show is about making the world a more loving, accepting, and compassionate place, one parent, one person, and one child at a time. The key to raising healthy and engaged kids is for parents to seek the same in their own lives while striving to be the best versions of themselves each day. No matter who you are or where you came from, with increased awareness, you can be purposeful about leaving a healthy footprint for your children, your family, and all those you care about while living your own life to the fullest. Today's show is Fatherhood with our guest, Adam Caton Holland. Adam is a national touring comic who has appeared on Conan, WTF with Mark Marin, Comedy Central Presents, The Late Late Show with James Corden, At Midnight, The Meltdown with Jonah and Kamal, and many, many more. He has been named one of Esquire's magazine's 25 comics to watch and one of 10 comics to watch by Variety. Along with his boys, Ben Roy and Andrew Overdahl, in The Grawlicks, he created, wrote, and starred in Those Who Can't, which aired for three seasons on True TV. The Grawlicks also host a podcast, which is awesome, called The Grawlicks Saves the World, and it certainly does. Adam has several comedy albums. He's the founder of the High Plains Comedy Festival in Denver. And in addition to doing comedy all over the world, he also writes. His writing has appeared in McSweeney's, Spin, The AV Club, The New York Times, Esquire, and The Atlantic. And his first book, Tragedy Plus Time, was called Inspiring, Tragic, and at Times Heart-Renderingly Funny by People Magazine. Finally, Adam has a brand new comedy special, which is freaking hilarious, called Wallpaper, and is just out. Adam, welcome to the show. Dr. Dan, thanks for having me. Thanks for that that thorough intro. I appreciate it. You got yeah, all Yeah, you the know, and I left stuff there. out. I left stuff. I, I did leave <laughs> some things out, but I just like, I, I this is good stuff, man. You've been I really this. appreciate it. It's very yeah. nice of you. Thank you. You've been at this a long time. So, um, 
congrats on the new show. I um, I was thoroughly enjoying it, laughing out loud by myself in this office, both as a uh, person of uh, who loves comedy, also as a father. Can't wait to dive into um, that adventure that you are steeped in. And um, I want to start with the simple question. When did you realize you were funny? <laughs> Boy, that's a good one. Um, you know, I, I had to write about it in my book, sort of, or I did. So I guess I have an answer. But I, I my friends and I always would would riff, for lack of a better term. The way I related to other people was like, oh, and then it was almost like imagining, like, and then you would see me do this, and then you do that, and we'd sort of like pretend we were acting mm -hmm. out scenarios. Yeah. But when I, I had to put my money to my mouth, I, I was in ninth grade. I was at a private school, and every there were only 60 kids in the class, so we had an assembly every week. And every week, a kid had to get up and do a little speech, mm. like practice your public speaking or whatever. And I, it was a rich kid school. I hated it. I was an outsider. But I remember loving Letterman and yeah. my, convincing my parents to let me stay up for the top 10 list. Mm -hmm. So I wrote a top 10 list and did that as my speech. And it crushed. And <laughs> for a day, everyone's like, Adam's cool. And then I went back to the normal pecking order. But I, I filed that away. I was like, okay, this, huh. this comedy thing is a powerful tool. Did you start to then use it, though? Okay, I'm just imagining high school and uh, some of those dynamics. Did you ever then start just to use it as, you know, survival, coping? You know, like, just here's an asshole coming at you and you start riffing <laughs> just to, like, some voodoo stuff? I didn't have to, you know, sharks and jets somebody in the hallway yeah. With, yeah, yeah. with my riffs. Uh, but I, I I was behind the scenes. I liked to write. My mom was a journalist, and I, I liked to write as well. So I got to, to high school, and this is mid-90s, and somebody, the news, and I got wrote for the newspaper at high school, and mm -hmm. the newspaper editor was a great man, and he uh, found The Onion. The new, yep. the, yeah. And that yeah. it started in Wisconsin, and then it went to Boulder, Colorado. It was just those two places, you know, the analog, actual mm -hmm. newspaper and Boulder and Denver, where I grew up, aren't very far apart. So the newspaper editor found one in Boulder. He's like, you'll like this. And, and that changed my life. From then on, yeah. I was doing an Onion impersonation every week in the newspaper. And he was allowing me to. And so, so writing humor became my, my way to just present myself to the school, you know? Mm -hmm. And then when did comedy actually... When did you actually see that as a viable... Hmm. Like I, I can, this could be my job. Like I could, this could be what I do. Yeah. You know, I don't, it caught, same thing, college. I, I wrote my own satire paper at the school. I was a film major, graduated. And, and I thought, I remember having a talk with my dad and he's just like, so what now? And I was like, I think comedy, I think writing, I don't know what that means, but I, my older sister was in law school at Northwestern in Chicago and so at that point, I was just like, well, Second City is a thing that people do yeah, when they want right. comedy. So I moved there, crashed on her floor. She's very nice uh, <laughs> for nine months, got a job at Urban Outfitters, took nice. classes at Second City, sketch and improv. But then it just wasn't clicking. Um, mm -hmm. And meanwhile, I was submitting articles to the Alt Weekly back in Denver 
who started publishing them and being like, do you want to write for us? They, they said, you want a job, basically. So I moved back to Denver for the alt-weekly job and literally maybe a month later started stand-up comedy in Denver after flirting huh. with some variety yeah. of it in Chicago, came back to Denver, found an open mic, and, and never looked back. Nice. Nice. And, and you're still there. You're still doing it. And now uh, you're, you're leading the way uh, in your hometown. <laughs> this is awesome. So um, parents. So you have this, your older sister, you know, doing the more conventional track, right? Going to sure. law school and at sure. a great, great law school, great school. And you're like, yeah, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be in film. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to write. I'm going to do some stand up. I'm going to act. How, how did your parents, you know, what, what was their, their take on that? support lack or lack thereof or indifference. My, my parents are great. They're like yeah. a hippie couple. My dad's a civil rights attorney and my mom's an investigative journalist. So, you know, as I joke, oh, like, you got it just right, man. Yeah. I mean, if yeah. you weren't outraged growing up in my house, you weren't paying attention. It was, it yeah. was that type of house. So, yeah. So my, I think my parents certainly created, encouraged any creative endeavor, but they also were like, you got to be moral. You got to be, mm -hmm. you know, a good person. You got to, you got to punch up. Yep. You can't be a, a shock jock, low right. hanging fruit type of. So I just that's sort of in my DNA. So yeah. they encouraged any creative pursuit. And certainly my mom, the writer, was like, right, right, right. Go do it. Yeah. But uh, there was never any just like, I don't I don't know about this kid. Well, when I as the comedy of yours that I have listened to, I mean, including the, the latest wallpaper. I, so now I'm, I'm I'm going through that and I'm thinking. That moral compass when write, I mean, it's when writing comedy and trying to make a point. Often, those points come from a different door than someone might think. So, are you are you do you battle that? Okay, where's this line? Like here, I, you know you what know, I'm saying? I do. Uh, well, here's a couple things that I've just presented to unpack. But like, um, certainly, when you start out in comedy, you got to test the boundaries. You're mm -hmm. almost like a toddler seeing what you can get away with. And so you're like, okay, let's try this horribly offensive thing. Let's try this horribly offensive thing. See where the line is. And so I very much allow for comedians in their embryonic stage to, to test that out. That's why open mm -hmm. mics should exist in a vacuum because horrible <laughs> things happen there. Yeah. And, it's, and it's comics figuring out the limits and what they can say. But then as you evolve as an artist, I hope and I expect and, and what I appreciate in comedy is people who are like, oh, man, I said some things that I, I wouldn't even say that now. And like, who was I actually making the punchline of that joke? And and sort of you just get better and better and sort of your radar should get a little kinder and you should make yourself the butt of the joke or not attack these groups. And a lot of comedy doesn't do that now and, and mm -hmm. doesn't care about that. I still really do. And I think like as a comedian, you should be able to be like, oh, that joke I did 10 years ago. I hate that. I would never even use that term anymore because I continue to evolve mm -hmm. as a person and mm -hmm. learn things. But half of comedy is like, no, thanks. You can't tell yeah. me what to do. And I'm trying yeah. to just be like, all right, I'm blotting you out of my radar. Oh, yeah. And this is the evolution and, and the evolution of your work as you are step, have stepped into fatherhood, right? Like this, it is all, all about evolution. Um, and experience and wisdom and growth. Um, so I keep wanting to go there, but I'm not. We're not ready yet. So the 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 Grolix. So let's talk about the origins of the Grolix. Like that, your guys' podcast is phenomenal. I mean, I, again, I was you know studying up, and I mean, even listening to the one um, your last one about 
sorry to say, you know, that, that, that a-hole who yelled at your kid in the bite, the bakery, like yeah, yeah. there's so much good real life stuff going on with you guys. And you vacillate from doing, saying the expected, like, you know, the, the, the funny, when I don't say expected, like the funny comedic take to, wow, man, that was actually really wise. Like that, that, that advice was actually pretty spot on. Oh so, man. But, Thank- Thanks yeah. so much for listening to it. Yeah. I really, that's amazing that you went and listened to some of our podcasts. Oh, yes. I really appreciate so where, it. So where did the, the boy, how did, so I know Grolix stands for something and it means something. So tell yeah. us a little about that. Okay. Yeah. The Grolix is a weird term. It's G-R-A-W-L-I-X. But uh, in a comic strip, when there's a swear word and they blot it out and it's asterisk, ampersand, star, that's a Grolix. Oh. And so that's the term for that, that, you know, swearing, but not swearing right. is a Grolix. Um, and so we, we learned that and thought that was a cool thing. And it, it was me and two other comedians, Ben Roy and Andrew Orvidal. So we started like a live show and we would do sketches and then we did, you know, a web series. And then that led to this TV show we did called those who can't, uh, which was a teacher, bad teacher show. And we had three seasons of that. And these guys are just my best friends. They're Denver comedians. Uh, you know, for that show, we all moved to LA and it was a cool, amazing mm-hmm. four years of all sorts of Hollywood experiences. Uh, and now we're all back in Denver and we're still creating stuff together. And we've been working together in some capacity for like 15 years. So mm. the podcast is really brotherly. Uh, yeah. but we're also just all kind of from different walks of life. And I think, uh, I'm, I feel like I'm on a high horse here, but just like moral guys, who yeah. don't don't try to we're trying to put out some positivity into the world while yes. also being like the funniest thing we could pull off. Yeah. Well, it's done. Um, you know, I know ending the show now with positive news and uh that's a nice kick and this season you guys are going to weekly. Uh yeah, yeah. A step up, right? For sure. For, we've yeah. been we've, we've done 100 episodes bi-weekly because it was we were doing all these challenges to self like better ourselves, but now we're doing a, a weekly version and and it's really growing and growing. People are finding it. And it's cool. Of all the things I've done, a, a book and a TV show, more people come up to me about this podcast huh. than anything. But I'm sure yeah. you can, you know, you're in people's ears. It's very intimate. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they just relate, I guess. That is it. It is, it is intimate. And th- I guess that's a good word for what I, the other thing that really, that I was taken by is the intimacy, the friendship, really the family with these guys that you guys have, like, you know, each other so well that you both can give each other, you know, a ton of crap. And at the same time, support each other. Like it's such this, it just all works. It's the only the people you love that you can gut the hardest. You can say like the worst thing that hurts really well. And we're comedians. So we're like, okay, that one actually hurt. Well played. You really, (laughs) really landed that one nicely. Excellent work. Yes. Okay. So we have a topic called fatherhood. So, um, and it is, uh, a central theme of your life these days and your, yeah. uh, your, and your, and your comedy. And so, um, in going in this direction, I was wondering how fatherhood has changed you besides the awareness of being a shell of the person you once were. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Show over. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I do think like, um, 
first of all, you got to write what you know, right? So it's like when I was doing this album, I really didn't want it to be this hacky kids say the darndest thing crap. I don't want my comedy to evolve into that. I still want it to be my point of view. Just, but if you don't, if you don't, not talking about your kids and this crazy life experience that you've, that's now new. I mean, what else is going on that's bigger than that in your world, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, so I also just think I've spent 40 some odd years navel gazing and the change is now I'm looking out more than mm -hmm. I'm looking in at this little family unit. Mm -hmm. So it is kind of interesting to just take your brain in a very sincere way off of yourself. I think for the first time in my whole life, like when you get married, you're kind of like, okay, it's all about her, but it's still like, I think you're kind of number one in your brain still, mm -hmm. or even maybe in your subconscious. And, and then when you have kids come out, it is this sort of primal, like, oh boy, they're number one, they're number two, uh, they're in front of me. And so that is just a mind shift. And I, I've mm -hmm. kind of been not necessarily enjoying it, but being, <laughs> being interested in it there as, you a, go. as a brain shift. Curiosity. Um, yeah. yeah, I just thought of something as you were talking about the difference between looking inward versus looking outward. And, um, this might be obvious, but um, I just think I found a connection for, with um, psychologists and comedians. Uh, this tendency to be um, highly introspective, um, well, let me put it this way, overthinking, overanalyzing, <laughs> at times yeah. Neur yeah, neurotic, sure. let's just call it neurotic, um, right? There's oh, yeah. this, this focus within at, at some time, which has its obviously its upsides, but it also has its downsides. Like get out of your head, man, like get in the world, look outside of yourself. And I think that's what you just described of the impact of, of your experience of fatherhood and, and looking maybe. out to them. Yeah, maybe. And, and I, I certainly wouldn't prescribe it for everyone because right. it's not going to fix your, you know, narcissism or anything like that. But like, it's for me, it's been a huge, like, look, get to the back of the line, dad. Mm -hmm. These are the important players and watch yeah. them. And that's yeah. wild. Cause it wasn't that way. I was always the, the hero of my tale for years. <laughs> and now, yeah. the, now the characters have changed. Well, and as you, you talk about in wallpaper in so many ways, I feel like the, the there's still the idea of being the hero again in quotes, but it's a completely different outcome, right? Like what that, how being the hero is, you're like not on stage. Uh, you're like sleeping behind stage or you're peeking out through the curtain to make sure that everything's going, going on okay on stage. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, you're just like a really good like uh, director or stagehand or something and you're just trying to like facilitate the action. So let's talk about relationship. Um, you know, we always are talking about our kids and I think we don't talk enough about how, you know, we have this relationship with our partner with all of those experiences. And then these other people come along and, um, particularly for those of us who aren't, um, carrying the child or being that primary caretaker, like we have no idea about all of these changes that are going on. And a lot of, a lot of the dads, like, we're like, all right, let's just keep, wait, 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 why, why, why are you going to bed early? And like, wait, I, you don't want to go out and can't we watch this movie? And you know, like, dude, totally. It, it kind of catches you off guard. Absolutely. I mean, you know, my wife and, and mine's primary way of hanging out pre-kids was like, 
listening to records and drinking wine and you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. that was what we watching YouTube videos of nineties songs tell the sun rose when we were just carefree. And it certainly, we've got a little more mature than that, but like, I also, you know, I'm a comedian, I travel a lot. So I've gotten to the point with Southwest where I had a companion status, which is literally mm -hmm. just like plus one. Yep. And you bring, so she was coming with me. We were going to all the cities all over the country and world. And it was very fun. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then it was just like, boop, everything stopped. You got to stay home. There's that sort of resentment there, but I mean, we yeah. knew we were getting it. it yeah. Everything's changed. Yeah. I'm yeah. delighted to say, so our kids, my our kiddos are five and like two and a half. And I really have seen, and we've talked about it in the past like year, my wife reclaiming a lot of herself. Yeah. And I think it comes with, okay, the kid's not going to die if I don't have it in my arms. Like mm -hmm. it's walking around, it's doing things. So she, it's cool watching her go out with friend groups. And we just took our first trip for 30 hours away from the kids together nice. and, and, and things nice. like that, you know? So it's, we're, we're coming out of the fog and, and yeah. reclaiming ourselves as people. And certainly it's harder on the mom. And she, so she's, she's starting to do that. I'm a comedian. I get to go away and do it more often, True. you know? True. Well, and it's really important. These conversations are really important because so much what's talked about is all the bliss and all the wonders of, you know, it's just like so amazing being a parent. And it's so like, it's all this and like, yeah, all that stuff is true. And there are many times it is a complete buzzkill, like a oh, complete, yeah. right? And, and the fatigue and the, the worry and the, um, self-preservation at times just you're just and especially when there is one spouse which is traveling a lot which a lot of people deal with it's like there's so many dynamics to deal with and um yeah so i this is important like like it's both like it's amazing and it can be really hard it's it has changed us a lot i'm proud of us and there was certainly you know moments where it's like what's going on like why are you so upset but we've been able to like talk it out about the changes that have happened in us. And in a lot of ways, we're both sort of becoming middle age and yep. mourning the loss of the young individual uses that right. no longer exists at all. But yeah, you're right. There's a lot of frustration. There's a lot of hardship. You know, being a parent is like by the end of the day, especially with young kids, you're just like, just get to bed. Like you, you're like right. holding on, trying not to snap. And then they get to bed. And then you relax and clean up the house. And then you sit on the couch and look at photos of how cute they are. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, you just totally. like, come right back to like, look at this one from today. You know, it's, totally. it's wild. Yeah. How quickly you're like, oh, this is the best. Even yeah. though you're burnout. Um, I do. I'm glad you guys got away. And I remember when our kids were young and the first time we got away for an overnight. And it was like, oh my gosh, we actually are the same people we thought we were you know like you just you have to you have to get away from it to have that time which some people i know can't for very for um logistic resource reasons um and a lot of times people just don't think they can and it's so key like wasn't that just amazing just to it was amazing how old are your kids if i mean uh, yeah they're not uh 23 21 and 19 oh okay wow so yeah, you're, you, I know you I look it. much, I look much younger than I am. You do. Actually. You yeah, really yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. really do. <laughs> um, we, it was amazing, you know, uh, for various reasons. I have friends whose grandparents take the kids for 
two weeks and off they go. And I'm like, wow, that's just not the dynamic we yeah. have. Yeah. Uh, so it took a village. My sister did a long shift. My mom did a long shift. Her mom did a long shift in those 30 hours. We broke it up. We got it done. But yeah, we went to Portland, Oregon for a concert and we landed and we were so giddy. We're like, what do we even do? Like, we didn't, we didn't yeah. have all this free time. So we just yeah. went to a bookstore and then went to dinner and went to the concert. Yeah. And it was just very nice to be human. It was great. Totally. Okay. Another quick story. Tell me if you've had this experience or is this just, this just me and my wife. So we were on our honeymoon and. Yep. We had in, one. Yeah, okay, question. cool. All no. right. We're next. No. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's anyway, your question. Yeah, so that's, that's simple. the question. Yeah, so no, you had a honeymoon. Yeah. Got yeah. it. Got it. Yeah. See, we have so much in common. Um, <laughs> so we're in this like group hot tub outside these like hut things. And there's this couple who, I don't know how old they were, but it was small. So you can like hear, you're kind of talking with them and you hear them talking. And they were on maybe a 10 day trip and they were seven days into it. And they're like, you know, we are going to, we're thinking we're actually going to be calling our trip short. Um, we just really miss our kids. And so we're going to get back to them. And so here, like we're in Belize, we're in this like beautiful jungle situation and we're like, oh, okay. And they get out. And my wife and I look at each other we're like, what a bunch of losers. Like, oh my <laughs> God. Like, they're going to go back for their kids? You know, fast forward, not that much longer later, we find ourselves like in a very similar situation. We're like, oh God, like we were such judgmental, like clueless people. Like, do you find yourself, like, then you just talk about the kids and you miss the oh, kids? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, of course. Of course. I could see us doing that. I mean, if they were young kids, of yes. course, I think. Right. We we were gone thirty hours and we like couldn't wait to see the little dudes, but I don't know. It's also we do a good job of like she'll let me go do shows, but I, I'll say, hey, why don't you take a night in a hotel or mm -hmm. go for a couple of days with friends here and there? So and then you feel really good because one parent's there, you don't yeah. have to worry at all. Totally. So we're trying. We try to yo-yo these like little getaways that that help reset yes. and refresh the person. But yeah, we're we're the same sappy hacks yeah. as you and that couple yeah. we'd we'd be home yeah it's, shortly it's, as well it's human people it's okay it's okay i remember my parents took a vacation when i was a kid uh and by kid i mean like middle school and they went to europe for like two weeks and they had this teacher at the school stay with us and i don't know what was going on with this teacher but like she was having like a an episode and so she was just uh. like not there and the house was in disarray and my older sister just took care of everything. And this teacher was just, I mean, they, they screamed at her, which kid, but they came back and the house was in chaos. And we were like, we need groceries. And like <laughs> my parents were just like, we've learned our lesson. Yeah. We'll never, we'll never go anywhere again. Do you remember feeling like, wait, you guys are going for two weeks? Like what, what's going on? Like, yeah, I really yeah. do. And yeah. being, feeling slighted. Yeah, uh, but that was just spoiled. My kid, my parents took us all over the place. I was just like, no, yeah. I'm, I'm glad they did it in hindsight. There's a yeah. great photo of my mom in Paris from that time, and it's become like the iconic photo. And because yeah, she was free. <laughs> yeah, totally. She was enjoying herself. Totally. Have okay. So what are have you had any of these things that you thought you would never say or do as a parent? because of your experience and then you find yourself either saying or thinking them or, you know, like, you know, like that, that the training comes out. I mean, it sounds like you've had great parents. So I don't know if there's anything that you fit into that category. I get more frustrated than I thought I would. And mm. I get more like great depression dad than I thought yeah. I would. 
right. especially growing up in like a relatively affluent house. Uh, but I'm just like, you guys don't realize how lucky you got. We're so nice with you guys. <laughs> like I'm, I'm often thinking like if you were born, you know, in 1920, the, to some farmhouse dad, they wouldn't be the, they wouldn't be this good to you. you know, just keep thinking about like dumb stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, I'm surprised that I have those thoughts that it's just like, you don't realize how nice we are because right. some people, they really let you guys have it right now, you know? Yeah. And that's weird to because I never had that experience personally. Just, you know, read about people's various <laughs> lives and like, but yeah, it's weird to, to think that way. I think that when we get in these powerless, you know, it's amazing how a few things. It's amazing, first of all, how powerful little kids are. And then it's also kind of amazing how we forget that we're in charge. Like we actually feel powerless over these little creatures. Like there's this d duality going on. And then I feel like there's a tendency to pull off all this, pull out all the stops. Like, you know, you got your little, like your, your throwing, uh, your throwing swords there. You're like, Oh yeah. Well, you don't know how, you know, like, it's like you're pulling out anything to try to like teach a lesson. And they're like, yeah, that doesn't really stick. I don't really get it. You know, my wife is so patient and such a good, like, well-read mom. And we spent the first couple of years with these guys being really the po most polite language, the most, like, yes and encouraging, the, don't even use the word no, and, you know, all this really kind, good, for, you know, basic stuff. And now I'm kind of, like, they're bickering, and I'll just say, I'm not doing that this morning. Like if you guys are bickering, I'm not going to be around you. Like, and just like right. walking away or like anyone who's yelling has to just go to the room. Yelling just as happens in your room and you can go chill out and read or whatever. So I, I I'm the softness is wearing away. Yeah. And I'm, I'm t but I, I do view that as me taking back a little power of like, you guys are smart enough to know mm -hmm. this behavior is pretty, pretty poor. So like, I'm not going to be here and I suggest you fix it. And then totally. it's kind of just walking out of the, the situation. Yeah. And that's I'm my sure. harshness, it, you know? Yes, and it's impeccable. I'm sure, like, they're like, oh, man, we got to get our stuff together, man. Dad's, yeah, I mean, dad's, it doesn't work yeah. every time, yeah. but yeah. it certainly <laughs> is kind of like, it's allowing me the freedom to be like, I'm not going to be here in this with right. you. Right, right. You, you got all the toys in the world. If he's playing with that one, I'm sorry. Go play with the other one. He'll be done right. with it in two minutes. Well, this does bring up the, uh, like, that check in the boundaries. Like, like just like, I don't know, taking it back to uh, comedic development, knowing where the boundaries are, knowing what works, knowing what doesn't. Fatherhood, right? Like, or parenthood, similar thing. Like, where do I, where do I step in? When have I gone too much? When do I back away? When is that, when yeah. was that not enough? Like, it's a complete calibration, right? Of like, what do I do in this situation? You know better than I, and I hear crazy things about teenagers and what they need from you and doing that mm -hmm. and them being, you know, cruel to you and then mm -hmm. wanting you to like hug them in the next hour. It's just like crazy. I, yes. So I think it never ends and you've yeah. really got to, you know, yes. observe and dance this dance. I, I it, It's yes. definitely a learning process the whole way. Well, and since you're not there yet, we're going to keep you in the present and then we are going to have that conversation on your later release special about sure. raising teenagers because there's going to be a lot of good stuff. <laughs> My teenage boys beat me up on the front lawn like George <laughs> Bush Jr. with his dad. <laughs> totally, totally. So in terms of um, learning and you know, going from all nurturing to a little more like, you know, no, we're not, we're not, I'm not doing this. I really like the, your, your commentary on the difference between the firstborn, you know, parenting the firstborn <laughs> and then and then the second and how 
that just goes differently after a while. And you can see why birth order really makes a difference in families, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And like the nature of the one and two, like had we had two mm -hmm. before one, I don't know if we would have had two, you know what I mean? Like right, it's that right. yeah. sort of scenario. And permit matters. And I'm the second kid, uh, so I see a lot of that. You you definitely understand your parents a lot more when you have yes. kids. And so that's been also the eye-opening thing that I talk about some on the special is just like, I get my dad more mm -hmm. in a big, big way. Yeah. And if I was a, a female comedian, I would sure it would be more of the mom scenario. But this is the this is the perspective yeah. I have. You always think of your dad as just like, whatever, that's dad. And you don't realize that he had an origin story. He yep. was the hero of his saga as well. And then through, you know, he chose to it, but then the family and everything changed. And you just really forget about the origin story of your parents. Yeah. And now now I think about that a lot more. Totally. And um, when you said at one point, uh, you know, I, like I used to be cool. I, I think it was in talking, thinking about like, <laughs> like grandpas used to be cool. Dads used to be cool. And oh, it's so related. I just remember there are kids like just saying certain things to me or realizing what I just said. I'm like, God, and I would say that out loud. I'm like, you got like, I literally did used to be cool one day. And then you realize you're like, you're trying to talk yourself into it. And then at some point, it's like, man, what happened? Like, how does this how does this change? It totally changes. Totally, totally. And you want to have this like dignified, cool dad air. Yeah. Where they're like, you kind of want to be like a man of mystery to them a little bit. Yes. But then you're just, I'm such a softy. There's right. no way. I'm I'm a, I am an open book to my boys already, and they know I'm I'm goofy. Yeah. I, like, there's the, the respect is already gone. I'm not going to be some sort of. <laughs> mysterious Don Draper guy. <laughs> like they're just, it's goofy dad. Who's they've, they've got me, they got me by the balls. They know it. The most interesting man in the world. Stay thirsty. My friends, right? We all yeah, want to be that guy. We all want to be right. I'm guy. getting on planes. I'm making strangers laugh. They don't care. It's, <laughs> right. it's right. idiot dad. That's all they know. Right. Right. It is. Yeah. I had this client, uh, once who the guy was an internationally, renowned speaker he filled stadiums calls he's just filled thousands of people and he'd come home and he'd be like and they just you know he just wasn't treated that well he didn't get that much respect and he's like dan like they don't even know what i do so i'm like you know what <laughs> I think you should tell them what they do. They're old enough. Like, tell them what you do. Show them a couple videos. Like, bring them into your life a little more. I said, like, that That will show them a little, a different snapshot of you. So next session, I'm like, so, so did you do it? He's like, yeah. I'm like, so what happened that last time you came home from your, your, your speaking tour? He's like, nothing. Exact same. I'm like, well, <laughs> it's going to take a little while. It's just going to take a little while. Yeah, totally. I mean, like, that is the egoism that, like, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's good and bad, but it's, it's kind of nice to be put in check. Totally. Like, totally. I read Bruce Springsteen's book on uh, honey, my honeymoon. I got and I was reading it and he was just talking about like, you know, having kids and his wife was it was like, hey, it's chaos over here. And he's like, sorry, the muse is here. I got to go to the studio. I'm Bruce Springsteen. And she was like, not at all. Like, you need to be here exactly for this. And you go find your muse tomorrow. And like and he was like, and that was 100 percent right. And I learned mm -hmm. it right then and there. And that's Bruce Springsteen, man. <laughs> like, right. I right. thought that was really good advice. He's just yeah. like, there's, there's nothing more important than this. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I, I guess you're making me think it's just how humbling it is. It's just so humbling to just be a person in this act, in this play, in this very important play, but you're not more and you're not less. And, and that it just, it changes. And as, as you had, as you said in Wallpaper, you know, the, what becomes important to you, it just changes. It could like what your goals are for your family are so different than what your prior goals were for yourself. For sure. But I have found like a real dual track. Like I, mm -hmm. I have specific goals and they're not, and I, and they're career goals. And it's obviously like to provide for my family, but it's now just like a two tiered goal yep. system. Um, I had a question for you though. Have you yep. found since your kids are out of the house, yes, a reclamation of self, a reclamation of the relationship that you and your wife had before, or is it totally different? Um, that's a really good question. So first off, we had about four months of empty nesters until our oldest moved back for a stint. Okay. So okay. Um, that's just commentary to let everyone know, like, it doesn't always end these days. It just keeps kind of circling. But I will say we loved it. Like, we, we so loved. It was like we were giddy in a sense. <laughs> and uh, to our kids, if they're listening, you know, we love having you around. And they also know my wife and I love being with each other. We have so much fun together. And so to have that, it just, it's like an energetic freedom. Because even mm -hmm. when the kids are older and they're, they're there, they don't need you in the same way. But there's just, there's the energy of you're being a parent and you're kind of sharing space. It's that when they were all off, it, it was amazing. Like yeah. it was just, it was like, it was this sense of freedom of, and going back to all of those years that um, that we have had together, so yeah. it was great. It was great. And I'm we cool. That's cool. It. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm I've been curious about that because my wife and I talk about it. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I will say this is like, this is really important because we also know that a, a huge number of divorces happen when the empty nest, like that's sort of this tr exiting point for lots of families for a variety of reasons, and it's so critical even in all of the chaos and all of the ups and all of the downs of uh, child rearing is you got to stay connected. Like two things. And this is a lot, a big part of the, sh the show is like, first of all, your two tracks, you've got to, you've got to continue to know who you are and work on yourself and, and work on growing and being that person that matters in the world. Like you, you still matter and you still have a path and you still have, your soul still has a purpose. Um, you got to be that person and that relationship has to be cultivated. There has to be date night. There has to be conversations. There has to be carving out time for yourselves because it doesn't just, oh, like, yeah, we haven't talked for a while or touched each other in a very long time. And now we have all this space. Hey, let's go back to being 20. Sure, it, doesn't work, sure. it doesn't work that way. Yeah, totally. That makes a lot of sense. That's very good yeah. advice. Okay, so um, any big, like, wow, I didn't see this coming in this role. Like, both positive and negative, right? Like, something like you're like, okay, I didn't see this. Because I think a lot of things we do in life, the way evolution works is we don't know what we're getting ourselves into. That's part of the, like, that's part of our 
our code. And then you're like, you're in it because we need to be in it. Hmm. I didn't see myself doing as much of the paperwork. (laughs) (laughs) I do a lot of talking to insurance companies and, Mm -hmm. you know, like health insurance and the doctor's forms and all that. It seems like, and I, maybe it's just because I'm neurotic. So Mm -hmm. I like just take it over, but I spend more time on hold with, uh, health insurance companies than I want to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and it comes around every like year. You're like, again, I got to do this again. Yeah. And you just sort of navigate this bureaucratic quagmire. And I like, so resent that because I'm this artist dude, but totally. I, I do that. I do that all the time. And I was never saw that coming. Just paper pushing. The business. It's like, th- there's like the business of family. Totally. And I, yeah. and my wife does go, goes, gets all the groceries, all the appointments, taking the kids everywhere here, there, and then, but that, yeah. then the like, the government mandated business of this family, I attend to that. You know what I yes. mean? And, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Fun That's stuff. weird. Nobody tells you that fun about stuff. growing up. That you're like, no. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of paperwork. You got to let the US know about your children. <laughs> totally. Okay. I know your kids are different. Um, seems like the first is more of a, um, from what I've learned, the first is more of a, you know, more of a firstborn is a little more serious, is going to follow the rules, is going to want to do the right thing. Yep. And your second is more of a second is going to kind of be like, well, he's got that covered. So I'm just going to kind of do whatever I, you know, I'm just going to do what I want and how I feel. And I, I'm fully like, I just want, I fully want to express my emotions as I feel them. Um, oh boy. Yes. So I'm wondering with like, what is something that both of them, since they're so different, are teaching you? Wow. Good question. Um, Ellis, the second one is teaching me patience big time. (laughs) I've never met a guy like this (laughs) in my life. (laughs) And I think if I did, I wouldn't choose to be friends with him. (laughs) So he's teaching me patience in a big, big way. And also to like, let this dude take your hands off the wheel. Mm-hmm. because he's not putting him on there is going to make him crash the car. Like that's what he does when you put your hands on the wheel. So that's a hard one. He's teaching me patience in a big way. Mm-hmm. Malcolm. I don't know what Malcolm's teaching me other than, I mean, the other day I ran a yellow light and Malcolm said, he's going to call the police. <laughs> so he's <laughs> like, he's just this very like, lawful yeah. <laughs> hero guy in his mind. Mm-hmm. You know, he's always like, I'm the firefighter. I'm, I'm relating to the hero yes. of this TV show. Yes. So I guess he's teaching me to, um, I don't know, not be to encourage that versus being so cynical. Like, you know, he like loves cops right. and I, and I'm just like, buddy, there's a whole other side. You don't know yeah. about your, yeah. your grandpa's yeah. a civil rights attorney who could tell you a thing or two about yes. this. Uh, so I'm, I'm just trying to, I guess, uh, <laughs> Take my hand off the wheel with him as well and let right. him different. let him right. view the world how he needs to view and not not uh spoil it for him. Let him yeah. learn the lessons. Yeah. Okay, so I think just want to uh call out though, that's that's those are really those are really important perspectives because you're letting them be them even when being them is difficult for you. Sure. Sure. And I, and I think that's like, I feel it's important for us to give our kids these little human beings who sometimes come into the world seeming a little bit older and wiser than they even than their years of like, 
the there's too much of the our society and us unintentionally just starting to chisel them and shape them and form them and turn them into something that we think that they're supposed to be at the expense of allowing them to become as much of who they're supposed to be as possible. Like it's like how can we guide but yet allow? I love that so much. And I think it's getting better each generation. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, cause my wife and I have never once thought, well, they got to do this. They got to do that. Like my kid, I I love soccer. I still play it on weeknights in a washed up Mm -hmm. beer league. And, uh, and I so want my boys to play soccer, but Malcolm's not into it. We took him to one little thing and he watched trucks. And I ask him every couple of months, you want to get on a soccer team like these guys? He's like, "Ah, I'm good. And I just let that go. You know, like, I think this generation more than any, and hopefully the next one's even better, is like, you. I'm going to let you be exactly what you want to be, mm-hmm. and, and I'm taking my cues from you. Yeah. And, you know, even to, like, gender roles, there's a kid in my, in my son's preschool class who loves wearing dresses, and that's what he yep. wants, or yep. they want. I don't know. Right. Who knows? And yes. I don't think they yes. know. Right. And you know what? They wear dresses all the time. And on that right. kid's birthday, they asked that everybody wear pink. Whole class wore pink. Oh, and that I think is awesome. about. That's yeah, and awesome. I think about kids that I grew up with who were closeted till they were teenagers, right. and you kind of remember them being a certain effeminate way when you were a right. kid, and they couldn't do that. And I'm just like, yeah, each generation is hopefully just getting better and better. Be like, wh- whoever you are, you're going to find it. We're taking our cues from you, man. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I mean, th- thankfully, we're moving in in a direction of more acceptance and inclusion still a long way to go in many places, but it is, it is different in many places than it used to be. We are getting somewhere. right. I wonder, I feel like micro in my world, it is mm-hmm. macro. I wonder, but right. there used to not even be micro, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. The question before the question, what ultimately, when you look back, when you have, more gray hairs as I do now looking at you, having gone through this parenting journey. What, how do you want to see yourself as a father? Wow, these are heavy questions. Um, I, I want them, I, how do I want to see myself, I guess you're asking. Oh, but and, and, uh, no, no, let's go and go both. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. And how for them to see you. I want to see myself as always there for them and and as nonjudgmental. Mm. I want to see that. Cool. And I want them to see me as um, always there for them, but not overbearing. Mm-hmm. And that isn't, you know, my dad is not overbearing. He is my biggest fan mm-hmm. to the point that I cannot even accept praise from him because it's so <laughs> hyperbolic. Yeah. You know, I, I yeah. tell a dick joke and he's like, you're George Carlin. He's, he's <laughs> looking at you. And I'm like, relax, relax. Like, so I, and I love that about my dad and all my comic yeah. friends are like, can your dad be my dad, please? Right. It's like a really nice quality, yeah. but I want to be a little less like, uh, cheerleader. So the boys know I'm there, but not like, come yeah. on, like eye rolly about it, you know? Totally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Those are good things, man. Those are good aspirations. Intentions are out there. They're out there. Yeah. Okay. It is time for the parent footprint moment question. 
Ready? Yep, I am ready. Okay. Tell us about a time that you became aware of yourself as an individual, as a parent, or even an awareness of your own parents. And that new awareness had a positive impact on your life, your kids, and or those you love. Um, all right. Can I, do, can I do two? You may. Okay, great. The first one is kind of cliche, but it's a beautiful moment. And I can't even talk about it without tearing up. But uh, when our first one was born, we thought we'd name him Malcolm, but we didn't know the sex. So we had a girl named Chosen as well. And also we were like, well, we'll see if he is a Malcolm. And he came out and he's lying on my wife. And, you know, they like have to find their way to the breast is what they suggest. And he's howling and he's howling and he's howling. And I just said, I just looked at him, I go, Malcolm. And he just stopped and he looked right at me. And I was like, wow. you're Malcolm. And so that just wow. says like everything changed in that moment. It was just yeah. like, oh, my God. Huh. I'm a dad. That's my son. And mm -hmm. his name's Malcolm. Yeah, it makes me teary eyed talking about it. But it was just that moment where you're like, I am aware of myself as a dad. And mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, which just yeah. It's the big shift right there for sure is a great, great moment. And, in, and I, he's Malcolm. Um, the other one that I kept, that came to mind is so my older sister was a big figure skater. And she was like Olympic track and it was going really well. And she had to stop in high school because of injuries. And it's sad. She can't even watch figure skating now. Like it's too mm. hard for her. But that meant my dad took her figure skating every morning at, you know, they got up at 4 a.m. to drive great distances to figure skate and skating tournaments. And as a result, my dad like spent an inordinate amount of time with her. And that was a really good relationship for them. And I was, it was definitely like, oh, you, you need to, I don't know if my parents had a talk or what, but it was like, you need to spend more time with Adam. And mm -hmm. so he took me on this trip to Chicago where his family distant is from. And his mom died before I was born, before any of us were born. His dad died when I was three. Mm. His sister died when we were like six. So there was just like, none of his family was ever in the picture. We didn't mm -hmm. know them. And, but then we went to Chicago and went and hung out with his uncle and his cousins and we went to a cubs game my first baseball game ever and it was just and my dad's name is john but they all called him johnny mm -hmm. and that blew my mind and so it was just like oh my it was that what the origin story of the dad yeah. like oh yeah. wait there's a johnny little johnny holland who was in chicago with all these people and and i just remember that just added layers to my dad it was like mm -hmm. he, he was two-dimensional and he became three-dimensional and I always just, it was a really great uh, trip and great memory yeah. and sort of learning about that guy. It, it's, it's so powerful. I would say powerful and important when we realize our parents are, there's so much more to them than what we thought or just see. For sure. Yeah. For sure. And I think that's like a, every kid realizes it and I'm realizing it and my boys will realize it about me and they'll listen yeah. to this podcast and they'll be like, damn, damn <laughs> dad, dad and Dan were pretty, pretty deep, pretty deep. And, um, and gosh, they're thinking how fortunate they are to have you as a dad. Ah, I let us pray. Let us pray. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Adam, thank you so much for sharing yourself, uh, with us today. Super excited for your latest stand up tell everyone tell everyone a little bit about wallpaper where to find it and um, of course 
um, your your monthly show in Denver and everything else that you're doing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, wallpaper is available on 800 Pound Gorilla. That's the the record label that put it out. So if you just Google 800 Pound Gorilla, go to their YouTube. That's where you find my special. Or if you go to my website, adamcaytonholland.com. Not Clayton, Caton. No L. Uh, C-A-Y-T-O-N. You can find all my stuff. And yeah, wallpaper is just, I, I have never done an elaborate uh, special like this with a three camera shoot. And it looks really good. And I'm, I'm just very proud of it. It's my, it's my yeah. uh, best effort to date. So I hope, hope you guys find it. It's completely legit. Like guys, you guys, you have to check this out. Um, those of you who are listening tend to be involved in the parenting world or um, caring for other people. And here's the deal is what um, Adam has learned that this stuff works for you even when you're not a parent. There are young people who are laughing their asses off in this. Uh, like this is this is comedy for everyone. Thank and, you for uh, saying that. Thank yeah, I mean it's really that. important because I know it's no. really important part. It is. It's comedy for everyone. And this is your chest, though, right? Like going yeah, into that was that's my metric. I don't want to be that's, some hacky dad comedian. Yeah, I did it before I recorded it. I did it at a club in North Carolina, and there were all these TikTok twenty-two-year-old kids yep. dying. And I was yes. like, all right, cool. As long as I can yeah. still get those kids, it's still yep. me, Adam, the comic. I'm just talking about fatherhood now. Totally, totally. So go support. I know you are touring. You have a few dates coming up. This is gonna. This show is gonna come out right after those dates that I saw on your website. But you are continuing to tour. Yeah, so I always can, load yeah. them up. I've had to take a few months off to work on this other project thing. But yeah, I've always got dates on my website, AdamKatenHolland.com. Yeah. More all the time. All right. And of course, check out the Grolix. Uh, they do save the world podcast, uh, weekly podcast where you will, um, you'll have these guys in your ear. They're going to get you through the day and you're going to look forward to listening to them every week to make the world a better place. See, we're totally aligned. You're making the world a better place. We're trying to make the world a better place. I love it, it, man. Yeah. I love yeah. it. More people yeah. ought to do it. So yeah. thanks so much for having yeah. me on. This was really, really a great talk. All right. And then we'll do this again when you're going to be talking about your teenagers, right? I, hey, I'm talking yeah. about this stuff. If I'm not talking to you, I'm just boring other people with it. So All yeah, right. let's do it. Any, okay. Let's do it anytime. We'll do it again. We'll do it again. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Please pass this on to everyone you know who will benefit. Thank you for being a part of our community. Thank you for bringing your awesome friends, family into our community. We appreciate your five-star reviews. They really do make a difference. You know what I'm going to ask you to do? Two things. Try to be that person you want your child to become and ask yourself that guiding question I ask myself a lot. What footprint do you want to leave? This has been a Peters and Rossi production. Parent Footprint with Dr. Dan is produced by Laura Rossi. Our engineer is Phil Rossi. Theme music is Strummerman, composed and performed by ProTunes. Artwork is by Garrett Ross. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Parent Footprint Podcast and on Twitter at Dr. Dan Peters. For more information, go to exactlyrightmedia.com.